Hi, George. Good to have you on the podcast. Excellent. Thank you. So for everybody who doesn't know you, who doesn't know what you do, uh, please tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is George Bruno. I work in the hair industry. I got the nickname the Sultan of Silver because of how I worked with um, ladies with silver, gray, and white hair. A lot of people think it was because of my own hair color, but I was acting as the Sultan of Silver long before my hair turned gray. Uh, prior to that, I was a therapist for 22 years, working with people directly one-to-one -one on their problems, giving them hope, gathering information, and giving them a reason to live that day, not a reason to live for their whole life. The people I typically talked to did not have hope for that very hour that they were talking to me. So I'm used to doing psychological triage and, and giving people hope when they need it the most, not just uh, pie-in-the-sky psychobabble, but hardcore, um, actionable advice. I just got done reading a letter from a gentleman who said that my coaching is more actionable than anything that he ever experienced in his life. And it's not overnight. There's nothing that happens overnight. Everyone wants change in a weekend, two days, 30 days to a new you. I like to say by this time next year, you can be a different person. And something that I say will trigger something inside of you that will start the change process that will make you unrecognizable by this time next year. Not this time next week, but this time <laughs> next year. So I've learned that there's no such thing as overnight success, overnight turning your life around. It's a mat if what the changes that happen over a long period of time are the changes that are the most sustainable. So that's what I do. <laughs> I already love this. So um, let's talk about before we talk about like self improvement and, and stuff like that. Um, could you please tell everybody like how you grew up and 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 yeah, talk a little bit about your childhood and yeah, just speak to that, please. So we get a bit, bit more context about you and your personality. Yes, I grew up uh, the oldest of three boys. My parents were very young when they had me. We grew up in New York. They were young parents. They were winging it, just like a lot of people. They weren't experts at parenting, so they practiced their first parenting experience on me. <laughs> uh, they made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, back in the, uh, in the 70s, 60s and 70s, when I grew up, uh, there was a, um, a movement where you would blame your parents for everything that's wrong with you. and I jumped on that as well until I had children of my own. Then I saw that nobody's an expert on parenting. As a matter of fact, I was an expert on parenting until I had children. And then I realized <laughs> I knew nothing about it. So everyone's just uh, feeling their way through it. Uh, I grew up playing sports, being outdoors, being in scouting, camping, hiking, shooting guns, traditional masculine uh, activities, uh, always had a job raking lawns, shoveling snow, 
selling things to the neighbors, very industrious. I had a father that worked three jobs. I went, my undergraduate degree is in criminal justice. And then I studied for the ministry, and then I went to university and got my degree in counseling psychology, where I ended up uh, being uh, a counselor therapist for 22 years. I also come from a family where my mother and father both cut hair. So I learned how to cut hair at a very young age. I got licensed to do that. And that was my trade. I believe everybody needs to have a trade. My Italian grandfather was happy that I was the first person in my family to go to college. But he also said, have something you can do with your hands. And that was my trade. I cut hair. So I'm a firm believer that everybody, you need your profession, your what your education, what college has taught you, but you also need a trade. When you have a trade, you will never go hungry. You will always have customers. Always, And then you can also, uh, many times your services, you can barter your services. You can fix somebody's car or air conditioning or paint or do plumbing or electrical work or cut hair in exchange for other services. That's how the world used to work, was that people would barter and exchange things. So all through the years of being a professional therapist, I always had my trade of cutting hair. And when times got tough, I fell back on my trade. And that's a beautiful way to grow up. It's dual purpose. You use your head and your hands. <laughs> I love this. So you, you seem like a very, very fascinating guy because you have a lot of life experience. So could you please share with us like maybe a few key moments in your 20s and 30s? Because a lot of young listeners are currently listening to this episode in their 20s and 30s. Maybe you share a few stories um, in your 20s or 30s. So, yeah. Not unlike a lot of men, um, when you look at the timeline of their lives, many times those marks in the timeline, you, you see like went to college, graduated from college, um, grandmother died, uh, father went into the hospital, grandfather passed away, uh, get married, you know, the different, uh, what many people don't include in those timelines is broke up with the girl went into a period of despair and doubt, doubted myself. Am I attractive? Would a woman never want to be with me? Am I cut out to be married? Uh, all things like that. So for me, when I was a young man and very uh, unaware of how the world worked, I sought for comfort in women, in relationships. I always had to be with somebody to the point where I took it a little too far And I ended up being with many women over a long period of time. Um, you know, when you're younger, you pat yourself on the back, you brag <laughs> about it. When you're older, you look back and you go, God, I, I was just crazy back then. Um, when I see people online doing seminars and books written about game and how to get a woman, I, I look at that and I laugh and I go, What do you mean? Don't all men know how to get women? I, I can't believe that anyone even has to teach that because I grew up 
just being personable with the ladies. No fear, none whatsoever. But accompanying that comes the deep lows, the valleys. When you live your life for a female, if that female is no longer around, what do you have left? If a man, if a young man says, I don't know what I would do without her. She's my life. Guess what? When she's gone, you won't know what to do without her and you won't have a life. That's why I tell young people, build a life. Build a life outside of relationships with women. Let them <clears throat> contribute to your mission, but not be your mission. A woman is part of your mission, but she is not the mission. And I, I fell into that trap of of having girlfriends that were just my life and heartbreak and being alone at night and crying and thinking it's the end of the world. And I lived that way for a long time, like many young men do, until I got smart because I was tired of the roller coaster. Nobody likes to be on that roller coaster. You want to be firm, stable, steadfast. That way, you remain true to your purpose, true to your calling in life, and nothing can take you off course. Nothing. And you're calm, and you're stable, and people look to you. When the storm is raging everywhere, you are calm, steadfast, and stable. Even at a young age, when shit hits the fan, people look to the man who is steadfast, stable, not emotional. The man who responds to life, not reacts to it, responds appropriately. Because there's no such thing as the end of the world. There's no event in anyone's life that is the end of the world. We might think that it's not the end of the world. I tell people all the time, you are alive, you will survive. And I have them say that to me. And they say, I can't. I said, say it. They go, I can't. I said, say it now. Repeat after me. I am alive. And very timidly, they go, I am alive. I go, say it like you mean it. They say, I am alive. I go, say it like you mean it. I am alive. Now tell me that you're going to survive. And they can't. I say it. Say it. I will survive. Say it louder. I will survive. Now say it all together. I am alive. I will survive. And by the end of the session, I will have a young man or woman say, I am alive. I will survive. I will get through this. <laughs> yes. Mission accomplished amazing amazing advice so far so your 20s and 30s basically you were um dating a lot having a lot of fun and yeah so so how did how 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 did you um grew in, in into your um like how did your 40s look like like and and when you had kids and this whole time so married Uh, married and children. I was an expert at marriage until I got married. I was an expert <laughs> at parenting until I had children. So anyone who thinks 
that they're going to get all of that. Like, there's no guarantees. You might let me let me put it this way: when it comes to people who are divorced, every man will tell you the woman you marry is never the woman you divorce. <laughs> never. When you met her, she was an angel. When you're getting divorced, she's the devil. And everybody thinks that way. Everyone does. So I went through marriage, three children, got divorced, thought it was the end of the world. I had to take my own advice. I'm alive. I will survive. I got through it. The storm, dark clouds pass. They pass. But in the middle of the storm, you feel like you're the only one in the world going through what you're going through. And that's the temptation. Um, there's always that temptation to feel that you're alone and that you're isolated. And you're the only one who has this level of pain. But the storm passes. And sometimes when people say, what should I do? And they're surprised when I say, do nothing. Let the storm pass. Do nothing. Sometimes doing nothing is a technique. Especially if you're a doer, if you're an action-oriented person, sitting still and just letting the storm pass can be a very difficult task for many people because they're faced with introspection. They're faced with their own feelings and they feel alone. So that was my 40s after divorce, which I got divorced 15 years ago. I thought it was the end of the world in the sense that I didn't think I could be happy again. And then at about 50, I started seeing the world as it is and not how I want it to be. And everything got better. I, I, I think your advice is amazing. And I think a lot of people really resonate with your words. So um, what would you tell like, also like young people like maybe in my age like early 20s mid 20s what would you tell them because i think a lot of people are really really struggling with with their breakups so what would you tell them number one it's not the end of the world it's not the end of the world there is life outside of that relationship many people say that you need to spin plates have this girl on Monday and this girl on Tuesday and this girl on Wednesday and this girl on Thursday and spread out your affection. I understand that. But to me, that just revolves too much around sexuality. If I kept thinking hamburgers on Tuesday, hamburgers on Wednesday, hamburgers on Thursday, hamburgers on Friday, you would say, God, you're obsessed with hamburgers. It's the same yeah. thing. With, it's the same thing with sexuality. I like to say this, rather than diverse, rather than put all my uh, put all my chips on one hand of cards, the hand of cards of sexuality, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I like to say this. If the girl doesn't work out, I can fall back on reading, reading. If the girl doesn't work out, I can fall back on my writing. If the girl doesn't work out, I can go to the gym and I can I can work out. If the girl doesn't work out, I can hang out with my guy friends. 
So spinning plates isn't always about having multiple women. Mm-hmm. Some people will say that. I am the lone voice in the wilderness that says, spread your time, be a well-balanced man. Being a well-balanced man means that you can communicate and get the favor of all people, men and women, and not react. You go through a heartache. It's not all women are bad. All women are like this or like that. That's not true. There's people that say, I will never do anything for another woman again. People hear me talk about, I like being a gentleman. I like opening doors for people. If I'm walking through a parking lot towards a store and there's a bunch of people walking towards the same door, I walk a little bit faster, pull the door open, and allow them to go through. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. You're welcome. Thank you. That's what I like to do. A gentleman, when people think gentleman, they only think of intergender relationships. I'm a gentleman with other men. I defer to them as much as I would defer to a woman. If I'm in the company of a woman, I come from the generation that when a woman enters the room, you stand to your feet. <laughs> I'm of the generation that, that when a woman approaches you or you approach a woman, you take your hat off. Just simple things like that. Some people would make fun of me because of that, but I do the same thing to my elders, men or women. That's what being a traditional, classic gentleman is all about. Is you are a gentleman. Yeah. Yes, a gentleman with everybody, not just, not just ladies. Your ability, your ability to get along with all people trumps your ability to get along with just women. I That's think, called human relations. I think your advice is amazing because I think life is about all those little things. And um, I think like people are amazed when when you just hold the door open for them, right? Because like most people are like, ah, oh, fuck this and just check yeah. their iPhones and and like all those like little lessons, um, people people forget about them. Yeah. Yes. So. So. Um, What, because you're basically, your channel is about like helping other people who are unstuck in life, like, uh, like in health, wealth, relationships and stuff like that. So what would be your best advice to our listeners who just also feel like unstuck, like in certain areas? Doesn't matter if it's like relationships or health or wealth, like what would you tell them to, to have a breakthrough, like quote unquote, like what would be your, your best advice? Break, you know, it's like when I cut people's hair and trim their beards. It's not about how much hair hits the floor. It's about the right hair hitting the floor. Ah. <laughs> when, it comes to, when it comes to getting unstuck, you want traction. You don't want just action. A car is stuck in the snow. Its wheels are turning, but the car is going nowhere. It just stays still. Why? It has no traction. There's a lot of people who are very busy Monday through Friday, busy, 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 but they're not going anywhere. The idea is to get traction and have a realistic 
planned over a period of time. That's why you will hear the phrase coming out of my mouth constantly, this time next year, this time next year. Give yourself a year to change, a year to lose weight. It's not 30 days to new muscles, 30 days to new girlfriends, 30 days to the $100,000 and becoming a millionaire. It's not about that. What it's about is this, the slow, steady confidence that you have where you take everybody by surprise because a year is going to go by anyways. Why not spend that year moving the ball down the field one inch at a time, one inch at a time, one inch at a time. And when a year goes by, everyone's going to look at you and say, wow, a miracle happened. Well, no, it didn't. You just moved the ball one inch at a time. Yeah, and, and it's basically about the journey anyway, so, isn't it? Yes, 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 very much so. And what you learn um, and the ethics that you display during that journey, you can cheat your way to the top. You can um, connive, con, manipulate, orchestrate your way to change, but only the only real change is change that you work for, change that has roots that go down deep. That way you become a steadfast man and not a wishy-washy man. Trees that have roots that go deep are not affected by the winds of change. One phrase I've heard is, um, is it sustainable or obtainable? And I think like you are like really about the long term and having a long term plan versus like those short term goals. And I think people are obsessed with things that are obtainable, like short term, like losing a lot of weight in like 30 days. So making a lot of money in 30 days. But is it really sustainable? Like. Uh, having like 1,000 calorie days and exercising for four hours a day or like working 100-hour work weeks, um, is it really sustainable over a long period of time? And most often the answer is no. So, yeah, just could you please speak to that? Yes. A slow, steady pace is what over a period of time looks like a quantum leap to everybody else. <laughs> And all along, you have been just going one inch at a time. People aren't praising you when you're going one, one inch at a time. It seems like you're not moving when you're only going one inch at a time. But the reality is that over a year, massive, sustainable change has taken place. And it's not overnight. Sometimes change can take place over a five-year period. For instance, if a person wants to lose weight, let's say the person is 300 pounds. Well, it didn't take them a year to get to 300 pounds. It might have taken five years of neglect. So it may take five years of strict discipline to lose all that. Habits are the same way. We develop undesirable habits over a period of years so there's no such thing as just turning something off like a light switch it may like for <laughs> instance um 
I'm really I'm trying to curse less in my lifetime, and I, I blow it all the time. I mean, I I got a I got a, a real bad mouth, man. My mouth can be horrible. And but that's like, from New York. <laughs> yes, that's right. And, and that's and that's normal there. That's just how people yeah. talk. And then there's times where I listen to myself and I go, oh, my Lord, I sound that way. But, uh, but it, it, that didn't happen overnight. So the uh, reversing that is not going to happen overnight either. Got it. So um, let's switch gears a little bit, because um, I think like you're you have a really deep, deep knowledge about like the human psychology. So um, like what would you tell everybody who is like feels like really unhappy in their life, who uh, for people who, who don't achieve their goals, who just feel miserable. And um, yeah, just do you have any advice for them? Like, what would you tell them with, with your with your knowledge in psychology? Like, what would be your advice for everyone who's feeling really, really unhappy in their current situation? Yeah, one of the first things I do is I I will actually assess how a person is doing physically and medically. I want to make sure that they're putting the right food in their bodies. I want to start with the basics. Are they getting enough sleep every night? Are they drinking enough water? What is their physical health like? Are they working out? Are they strong? One of the easiest things to do to uplift your attitude and your psyche is to work on your body. because That's one of the quickest ways to make changes in your life. It's one of the quickest ways. Uh, that it's one of the most um, obvious things that we can do to create change and see change. We can see the change in a mirror you work out for two weeks you can see the change when you look at yourself in the mirror you look different you stand different you hold yourself different eventually that discipline works its way inside of you and that's a great place to start is with the physical i always tell people i can help you with the emotional and psychological but we can't separate those parts of our being We are, you know, body, soul, and spirit. You need to work on all three of those things. So the first place to start is actually the diet. Making sure, like, you are eating the right foods, you are getting your vegetables enough. And this is, like, the first step towards uh, being more happy, right? Yes. Yes. And and what are the next steps you would you would uh, advise people to, to do or... Well, I would say that the uh, it's body, soul, and spirit. And when we say spirit, that could mean uh, the, the mind and the, and the psyche. And that is, who are you hanging out with? Because you become the average of the five people who you hang out with. Now, I just got back from a conference. And who did I hang out with for three days? Who was I surrounded with? Cernovich. Stefan Molyneux. Alexander Cortez, Ivan Throne, just one great man after another. Can you imagine what it's like being around greatness like that? You know what happens to you? You sit up taller. You make eye contact with people. You make sure your manners are in order. You make sure that your shirt looks pressed. <laughs> 
You make sure your nails are groomed and that you look clean. You make sure you give a good handshake and you make eye contact with people. That's what you do. That's the effect that great men have on other men. So by the time you go back to your, just like your regular buddies out and about, they seem like losers after (laughs) you're hanging out with winners. So my posse, my circle of friends is people like Alexander, Ivan, Cernovich, Molyneux, Ed Lattimore. The names just go on and on and on. When you make that your inner circle, you become unstoppable. So... The first step is getting the physical side right. The right. second step is making sure you're spending your time with the white people, with winners who uplift you. So um, you have no other choice but to better yourself, right? That is correct. What would you tell? Uh, what, what 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 would you also tell other people to to be more happy? That happiness does not depend on external circumstances. If you are not the source of your happiness, you're not going to be happy. If your happiness is conditional, if it depends on the weather, depending where you live, you're going to be happy only 50% of the time. If you're only happy when the sun shines, then you're placing too much emphasis on the sunshine. Your happiness should not depend on if it's a sunny day. Your happiness needs to be independent of external conditions. Great, 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 great advice. So um, I also know know that you're an expert in like grooming and you talk about like the, uh, you you like to talk about like purposeful grooming. Um, What do you mean by that? Could you please explain it to everyone who isn't familiar with your work? Yes, yes. Purposeful grooming is this. For instance, when I go and um, buy a drill bit um, in my workshop right now, I have drills around me, power tools. When I need a drill bit, what I'm really buying is a hole, a quarter-inch hole. Okay, so that drill bit, means nothing unless it makes the hole in the wood or the metal or whatever. It serves a purpose. Everything that we do with grooming should serve a purpose. For instance, when I see somebody who comes to the salon and they want a haircut, I ask them, what do you do for a living? Are you married or single? Are you looking for a girl or a woman? What are you looking to accomplish? What do you do for fun? I take all these things as uh, into consideration when I create a look for someone with their hair or with their beard and with their skin, purposeful grooming. Are you going out? Do you want, I always say, if you pursue excellence, excellence will pursue you. How will excellence pursue you if you don't look excellent? So wherever I go, because I practice excellence, not only in my body, in my mind, socially with people, 
I treat people with grace, people of all ages, male, female, black, white, purple. It doesn't matter to me. None of that matters to me. As I practice excellence, you know what shows up every day at my door? Excellence. Every single day. Do I need to go look for women? No. You know why? They are pursuing me. They are at my door. They're at my email every single day. Now, I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser. I don't take advantage of everybody who knocks on my door. I think those days of spinning multiple plates are over with for me. Uh, I like the idea of spending time with one woman. I don't need a harem, which I lived like that for a long time. I always had a number of women that I could date at any time. I don't want that because it's too distracting. So what I'm open to, I'm not looking for, I'm open to meeting a woman who is going to be a partner and a teammate. But I don't need that. I desire it. I need oxygen. I need water. I need food. I don't need a woman. And because I have my priorities straight, what shows up at my door? Woman after woman after woman. Because I pursue excellence and I exude excellence when I'm out and about, what approaches me? Beautiful, shapely, smart, intelligent women who've made good choices in their lifetime. So guess now, for me, it's multiple choice. Which excellent woman do I want? <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of pursuing excellence, even at the smallest level. Because why? Because you are worth it. I, I would I would steal this excellent mindset from from you. I think it's it's fascinating. So um, let's talk a little bit about like personal branding because you have a huge 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 YouTube channel and you started YouTube in 2016, right? So how did you build such a massive YouTube following in such a record time? So um, yeah, just please speak to that. Yeah, I think, um, well, I, I first started out as a men's grooming channel with men growing beards. At the time, I had a beard that was down to my belt buckle. I literally had a beard like Gandalf. I, I saw it on Instagram, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a very, very big beard. When I was a young man, my beard was black. Black, just like, uh, I mean, my, my beard was like this color here, like this. Totally different than how I look now. It was as black as my shirt. And then uh, and then my hair turned white within a one-year period. Just like that, beard turned white. I didn't gradually go gray. One year, I was black hair. Next year, white hair. Okay, that you got to deal with the cards that you're dealt. <laughs> so I tried coloring it once, and it looked so fake. I thought, oh, this is horrible. So I shaved everything off, I buzzed everything down, grew my white hair back out. So I started a YouTube channel for my clients where I cut their hair. And many people were asking questions about, what do I do about this beard or my hair? What would work best for me? So rather than answering the same question over and over and over, 
I would just address it in a video and upload the video to my YouTube channel. Oh. It grew and grew and grew because men are interested in their appearance, how they look. And then, of course, if you're talking to somebody about facial hair and hair on their head, then that leads to talking about skin care. So I got into skin care and how to look good, how to remain youthful looking. Uh, people say to me uh, all the time, like, I don't care if I look younger. It doesn't matter. All right. Here I am. I'm almost 60 years old. I don't care if I look, you know, people say, well, don't you want to look younger? I say, no, I just want to be a good 60. I want to look good for 60. I don't care if I look 45, which that doesn't matter to me. My goal is not to look younger. My goal is to look good for my age. Women want to look younger yep. and do things to look younger. Men, some men, I think they it's an endless battle when they're trying to look younger. I always just tell guys, just look good for your age. Do the best with what you have. Don't wish for something that you'll never have. Don't grieve if you're losing your hair, don't grieve the loss of your hair. If you don't have a certain shaped face, don't grieve that. Work with what you have. So I started communicating like that. So I went from dealing with just the nuts and bolts of male grooming to the psychology behind it in building men up, giving them courage and confidence and showing them how their appearance is what what. Uh, determines the world's reaction to them so that when they are well-groomed and their shoulders are back and their chest is out and their stomach is in and they're standing tall, they're unstoppable looking. And that just led to the psychology of interacting with society. And then I started talking more about my philosophy of life. And then I started giving hope to people, not just with how they look, but hope for their life, hope in relationships. And that grew and grew and grew. And now thousands of people all over the world know who I am. Thousands of people have written me. I get about 100 emails a day or comments a day about how I have changed someone's life, people that I never met. And that's a beautiful thing. So it has... Uh, become a channel. I did not make this up. One of my uh, listeners said to me, you're like the father that I never had. And, and that I thought, okay. And I'd logged that statement in my head. Another day, someone said, wow, you're, I never learned this kind of stuff from my father. You're like the father that I never had. I'm like, okay, it's the second one that said that. So the theme that has happened over the past three years is you are the father of the world. I have sons all over the world of every age. I have sons that are older than me that come up to me and say, you're like the father I never had. <laughs> I, I had, I had a, a, a young man at the conference two weeks ago come up to me, a young black man about 25 years old handsome guy, grew up with a single mom, and he came up to me and said, I just, I got to talk to you about something. I said, what's that? And he says, you know how people tell you that you are the father they never had? I said, yes. And he says, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You are the father that I never had. So I give the guy a big hug. And I said to him, and I said, well, 
I said, you are the son that I never had. And it's a pleasure to meet you. And that's the reaction that I get everywhere I go. So I have sons everywhere. And I'm even now getting some daughters as well. There's a lot of, it's interesting because sometimes uh, good advice isn't just for one gender. I give advice and teaching for people, specifically men, but there are women who are emailing me on a regular basis saying that I give them hope or single moms who have young boys who introduce them to my channel because the dad is not in their life. So it's an honor for me to be the father that many people never had. And I take that quite seriously. And I think it's fascinating how much of an impact one can have on people using social media. It's like yes. you really make the world a better place with your social media content. Yes, I have sons in South Africa, Sweden, Australia, New Zealand, every state in the United States, Russia, Poland, the Ukraine, the UK, Spain, Northern Africa, everywhere. I get people writing me from everywhere in the world telling me, and I had no idea the scope of my influence, but it's quite amazing and I'm very humbled by it. So what would you tell like our listeners who are, who are, who are listening to this episode, like what would you tell them, like how could they build such a big personal brand and how could they like influence other people and make the world a better place and have such a big impact like you do. So what would you tell, tell our listeners? Don't be afraid to create a character. Don't be afraid. You know, there's this, there's this, uh, people think they're very noble when they say, well, I'm just being myself. And I say, well, don't be yourself, be someone else. How would you act Like I have a, a piece of paper above my door going outside. It says three, two, one, action. Like what a director would say when they're creating a movie. When I walk out the door, it's action. So what happens is I become somebody greater than who I really am. And pretty soon you can't tell the difference between who you really are and the persona that you created. Am I saying being, be a fake? No, no. I'm saying create a confidence that you don't normally possess and act it out. Because I can't tell the difference between a truly confident person and a person who is just acting confident. They look the same to me. So there is that phrase that says fake it Till you make it. And I believe that when you, I've had people walk up to me and say to me, are you famous? I don't know. I'm just a regular guy. I go, why do you ask? They go, because you look famous. You look, <laughs> you look, you look like you're somebody. And the key to that type of branding is You're not arrogant, but what you are is you're standing tall, you're standing confident, and that you're not saying it. You're not saying, I'm confident, 
I'm the greatest. <laughs> You're acting it. People sense it. People observe it. And people learn from it. George, um, I think your advice has been amazing on this episode. I think everyone can can hear you have a big, big heart and really try to help people and really try to improve others' lives. So um, at the end, I always ask like five personal questions. But um, could you please tell everybody where they can find you on the social web? So where can they work with you? Where can they find you? And yeah. The best place to find me is YouTube. And it's my name, George Bruno. And also, they can sign up for my newsletter. And if they go to my website, which is a landing page, georgebruno.com, they can subscribe to my newsletter and Got get it. more of this valuable information. Yep. <laughs> so, the first question would be What are the three books that had the greatest influence on your life, George? First book is the Bible. Second book is uh, 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And the third book is Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, a British scholar and author. So the second question is, what are the three movies that you have enjoyed the most? Movies? Yep. The Godfather? Yeah, a <laughs> great movie. Yeah, Never Cry Wolf. Absolutely incredible, incredible uh, movie. Uh, and The Mission. It's called The Mission with Mission. Robert De Niro. Mm -hmm. Those three movies. <laughs> so the third question is, what is the most useful product or service that you have bought in recent memory? The most useful product? Or service, yep. Um, probably coaching with somebody who is well-versed with uh, e-commerce getting uh, professional coaching with them. I am of a, I'm of a firm belief that if I had a thousand dollars, I could go and buy a flat screen TV, which in five years will be worth nothing. Or if my house burns down, that will be, it'll be gone. Or I could take that thousand dollars and pay someone to coach me to better myself, which will last a lifetime. I put money towards things that increase my value in the marketplace. Got it. So um, the fourth question is, um, what have you learned in the last two years that excite you the most or the most important realizations you've had? And we had some guests who shared something deeply personal about their health, about their family or their business. But just share with us like anything you feel comfortable sharing. The biggest thing that I discovered in the past two years would be that if you don't have your health, you have nothing. I pulled a muscle or did something in my back once, and I was so, so much in pain to the point where the only way that I could relieve that pain was to, like, be tilted. So when I was driving in the car, I would have my elbow 
on the passenger seat and be driving like this because I couldn't straighten up. It hurt so much. And I was like that for about three weeks. And then it, uh, and then it, the pain subsided and it made me realize there are people who live every day with chronic pain at that level and who are constantly taking medication to dull that pain. Luckily mine only lasted three weeks, but I saw that pain can make you depressed. Pain can take away your hope. So physical pain can be transformative if you let it, or it can bring you to a very dark place. But before we get to the point where we have pain, we got to take care of these bodies. Our bodies were created to last a lifetime, not spend the last 30 years taking a handful of medications and going to see, going to see a doctor every other week. I want to live and then die. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to fizzle out. <laughs> I love this. So um, the last question for today is, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Don't have so many girlfriends. <laughs> I, I diluted and watered down my personal power by giving so much of my sexual energy to other people, rather than using that energy and channeling it into something greater. I was more interested in quick, temporal, instant pleasure rather than uh, channeling it. So I would say uh, either have no girlfriends or just one which is the opposite of what everyone else says of having multiple girlfriends. I just, I don't believe that we can mentally juggle people like that. If you can, it borderlines on usury and deceit because I guarantee you the guy that's got five girlfriends, they all don't know about each other. They all think they are the only one in his life. And the games that he has to play and the energy that he has to put forth to keep them all hidden from one another. As a young man, 20 years old, it was a challenge to keep all the girls secret. But I saw how they sucked the energy out of me, the, the drive. And then at the end of the day, what do you have? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I saw somebody... That I hadn't seen for 35 years since I was in college. And catching up with each other, what did he say to me after 35 years? Out of all the things that he could have said, this is what he said to me. He says, are you still dating cheerleaders, playmates, and supermodels? And I thought, wow, what a legacy that is. <laughs> I mean, that's all he could think. It wasn't like, did I invent anything? Did I write any books? How's my family? How many children did you have? He said, are you still dating cheerleaders, playmates, and supermodels? And when I was younger, that would, would have been a compliment. But as an older guy, do I really want to be known for that? And the answer is obviously no. 
George, thank you very, very much for this great episode. Thanks for sharing your advice with us. And it has been a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you, sir. <laughs> talk soon. All right.